life ever thrown you a curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who have been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Today, I am so excited to have back a guest who talked a lot about money and how amazing money can be. Now, that sometimes just rubs people the wrong way because they're like, well, I'd like to have more money, but the conversation about it is not easy. And certainly the idea of liking more money or wanting to create more money can really has some taboos around it that we're going to dig into today. So I'd like to introduce you to our podcast guest today. So welcome, Diane. Uh, I can tell you a little bit about Diane, and then I'm going to get her to tell you her story. So Diane Cohen Schneider grew up in Illinois, but spent most of her adult life in Stamford, Connecticut, with her husband and three kids. She earned an undergraduate degree in economics and an MBA in finance. That's impressive right there. So few women do that. She used those degrees during her career as a Wall Street sales executive during the 1980s go-go years. That experience inspired her debut novel, Andrea Hoffman Goes All In. When she left finance, she continued to teach money management with a focus on the importance of financial literacy for women. And oh, I have so many questions around that. Believing that money skills are not only necessary, but fun, she hosts an Instagram account called Money Like a Mother. And the a uh is spelled with a U-H. I am totally enamored with this idea. Seeking to repot themselves, Diane and her husband recently moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. Welcome, Diane. I'm so excited to have you back. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. So, Diane, tell us about your life, how you got into Wall Street, like what that journey, what that journey was like for you. Yes, it's, it was a little bit um, circuitous. My mother was a librarian. My father was a PhD chemist. And no one in our house really had any business background whatsoever. But I was always fascinated um, by money. Um, I guess I heard the phrase, you know, money is the root of all evil. And I thought, hey, really, is that really true? So I took economics in college, um, and this was a, you know, liberal arts institution. So this wasn't practical money management. This was, you know, all about uh, the structures of, of money. And when I graduated, um, I took a job on Wall Street by answering an ad in the paper. Wow. There was actually two jobs available at the firm. One was in bonds and one was in stocks. And at the time, I did not know the difference. <laughs> Thank you, expensive liberal arts education. But anyway, um, the stock job paid $10 a week more. So that's the one I took. Of course. Uh, the rest is history. Um, but it was a really interesting time in the market. Um, the market was exploding. Um, at that time, stocks traded 10 million shares a day. All of the stocks on the New York Stock Exchange. Now, stocks trade 10 million shares in a nanosecond. Um, but it was a great time to learn. Um, and I uh, rose to the to the level of becoming um, a vice president sales executive uh, at a time when there was very few women um, in the business at, at any level. Uh, never a line in the bathroom, I can assure you. <laughs> 
That is a rare thing for a women's washroom. Yeah, it's a rare, wonderful thing. Um, but anyway, I I did leave that job um, when I got married and had a family because that job as if you read my novel, is not appropriate um, for a mom. There's a lot of entertaining and travel and that sort of thing. Um, But I wanted to continue my love of finance, and I wanted to get women more interested in their own financial futures um, and their own financial lives. I'll tell you a very brief story, if you don't mind. My um, father-in-law happened to pass away on April Fool's Day, very suddenly. Oh, I'm sorry. And this was mm, 20 years ago, maybe. And we flew to where they lived. And, and, you know, the thing about when you gather um, for, you want to be doing something, you want to be helping, right? Mm -hmm. So here it was the April 1st and April 15th is tax day. So we decided what we needed to do was find out if my father-in-law, who was an accountant, had already filed his taxes. And so the family spread out and was searching around the house. And in the basement, my sister-in-law found a paper grocery bag full of stock and bond certificates in the basement in a grocery bag. Wow. And it turned out that he had amassed a fairly decent size fortune that my mother-in-law knew nothing about. Nothing. And my whole point in telling this story is that she was angry Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the choices they had made over the years. She had wanted to go to Paris. No, Paris was too expensive. They went to Malta. You know, no, they couldn't get this car. They got that car. Mm -hmm. And so for women, giving up that agency is giving up choices. And, And I didn't want that to happen to any other women. And that's when I started doing a lot of seminars for women um, on how to how to take control over their own financial lives. Yeah, we were talking about this before we hit record. That's such a powerful story because so many women do handle the day-to-day things in the house, the day-to-day finances, the, you know, the groceries, the where do I get the best deal here or there so I can make my dollar go farther, or they handle the household bill payments. So they know when something is going up, is it inflation or do we need to, you know, teach the kids to turn the lights off instead of leaving every light in the house on because the bills (laughs) keep going up, right? Like those are sort of things that women often are responsible for, but yet don't really feel empowered to be making bigger, more strategic business decisions or financial decisions that can really have like a legacy effect on their family. Is that something that you see a lot? That is so true. And I think what women don't realize is these are the exact same skills that they already have that would make them great investors. Um, Markets go up because of supply and demand. And women really see that every day in their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are your kids pestering the heck out of you for a new toy? Who manufactures that toy? Um, Maybe that's a stock that you would want to look at, you know? Um, All sorts of these things that women already know. But I think what keeps them um, from investing or doing other financial things is that they don't feel confident. They think somebody else has some magic knowledge that they don't have. But the truth is that studies have shown time and time again that women and men, um, actually women are the better investors. They're more patient, they do more research, um, and their results are better. So women, go for it. You can do this. That's my message. So interesting. And I love what you just said there. I had never thought about that. But who's manufacturing that super popular, you know, the the Christmas toy that like every kid has to have? Certainly I have been there and scouring the stores for that thing that I'm like, this is mental. Why am I doing this? 
But nevertheless, looking at that and thinking, well, if everybody else is buying it, maybe I should be looking at their stocks or how I could invest in that company. So not only can I get my kid this toy, but I can maybe have the money for that holiday we really want to take. Or maybe I can invest in something that long term is going to pay for my kid's education because I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Um, or things along those lines never dawned on me to think about that. Interesting. People think of money as something that you spend. And the way to think of money is that something that grows. Um, you can make your money work for you. <laughs> this is this is the magic thing about money. Um, it compounds, it grows, um, and you can start with a very small amount. There is a, a very popular meme on the internet that says that if you put $20 away every month for your child from the day that they're born until the day they're 18, it will compound to equal a million dollars. That's quite a, quite a, if we were talking legacy, that's a good legacy for a child. A better legacy is to teach that child then how to handle that money. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We also talked about that before we got on this call because so many schools, I mean, schools do the best they can with the curriculum that they're given, that they it's mandated that they must teach certain things. Um, and so there's really no space. Some innovative teachers take it on and, and, and teach it as uh, maybe a unit in a course, but there yeah. is nothing that's specifically designed to teach kids money management skills, to right. teach kids um, delay of gratification because, you know, they want that really cool toy as opposed to, well, if I save up my money and get a million dollars, that seems nice, but that's a million years away, mom. Right. So they don't have the, the skill set to delay that gratification. Um, and so, of course, it falls to families to teach their children about financial management. And if the news has told us nothing, both north and south of the Canadian-American border, it's that we don't know enough to teach our kids. Right. And so our kids are not growing up well-educated around finances. And of course, the world is different than it was in yours and my parents' day. And so there are many more things, more options, more um, choices, I guess, for people. And it can be very overwhelming. So right. let's talk a little bit about kids. I have kids and we talk money in my house. That's for sure. I'll tell you a short story a little later. Um, about that and my youngest son. But what would you suggest that moms and dads do to help set their children up for financial success? I mean, that's the best legacy we can give our kids, right? Absolutely. And I really think that it can be so simple. You don't have to explain to your kids what a collateralized mortgage obligation is. That's, <laughs> that's not the important thing. Mm -hmm. uh, what you want to sort of start talking with your kids about is everyday things. Um, the number one economic principle is supply and demand. More people want it, um, the price will rise. If less people want it, the price will fall. That's also true for labor. If everybody wants to be, you know, a I don't I, I was going to say a football star, but that doesn't work. That's actually the opposite. Said, those people get paid a lot of money. And why that is, is another topic of conversation. Whole different but, conversation. Yep. <laughs> let's say, let's say a grocery clerk. Um, that's not a high level of, of skill. Um, there's a, a large labor pool. And so a company doesn't have to pay a lot to get um, a clerk. Mm -hmm. However, if they're trying to hire someone in software who specializes in cybersecurity, there's a limited number of people who have that skill, and so they have to pay them more. So when your child is considering what they want to be when they grow up, obviously, you know, how much money they're going to make isn't the number one consideration, but it's something for them to be thinking about. Who makes more money? Will they be doing that in the future? Or will that skill um, disappear, you know, because there's robotics and that kind of thing. Um, everything relates 
to economics, which is what's so fun about it, you know, something you see on the news. And then what what are the consequences of that? Elon Musk is now developing a new robot. So will there not be people that work in the gas station? What would those people do next? Um, it's just an to, to have an ongoing conversation with your kids um, about money and how the world works is, I think, the, the best thing. And it can be at the, at the level that you know. Um, you mentioned something um, in a previous conversation, though, that I think is so important, and that is living under your income. Um, to have savings and not to overspend, not to run up the credit card bills, because like what we were talking about before, it takes away your choices. Mm-hmm. When you owe a lot of money, then you you lose choices about your future. And I think maybe that's one of the one of the economic goals that everyone wants to have. Your money provides you with choices, and that's sort of the the goal. You know, we're not all going to be millionaires and billionaires, but you do want to have enough money um, so that you have choices in life. And one way to do that is is to defer gratification, as you said. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that we've really become... Again, north and south of the border, Canada and the U.S., a a culture of buy now, pay later. Um, So we can have everything now, but we have to pay for it later. The trouble is nobody ever tells us about the pay it later part. Um, So it's so important, I think, to be aware when you're looking at using your credit card to buy now and pay later, how much in interest are you spending and how long will it take you to actually pay that off? So that thing you wanted or that trip, could you turn that around a little bit in your perspective and say, well, instead of buy now, pay later, how about if we work towards saving for it? And then when we go, we have, there's nothing to pay when we get back. So we can totally enjoy that and, and then be able to move forward onto the next thing. Right. So that brings up the, besides supply and demand, the second law of economics is there's no such thing as a free lunch. (laughs) And this has always been true and always will be true. Um, There's a a story, uh, if you're playing poker and you look around the table and you don't see the sucker at the table, get up because that means you're that night sucker. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very good point. That is a good point. So, but in more generally, um, everything, everyone has to make money. So for example, people think Facebook is free. Well, it's a huge company. They're making billions of dollars. What are they actually selling? In some cases, they're selling your information. In some cases, they are selling ads. So when something is free, it's important for you to think through how are they making money off of me? Um, And and so, you know, and it's the same thing. Pay, you know, buy now, pay later. Um, That has some, if you have, it's like everything else. If you already have the money, it works out great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you can't get a loan unless you have enough money to get the loan. Um, But pay now, um, buy now, pay later has been ruinous for, for a lot of people that have gotten in over their heads on that. So, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to happen. Yes. Sure. Make it very easy. Yep. Um, so I was going to tell you a story about my youngest son. My, my youngest son is currently 13 as of the time of this recording and um, fascinated by money, um, fascinated by um, what money can bring for him, for his life, for our family, that kind of thing. And I think it's, it's so entertaining and exciting. So um, we decided that we would, uh, he has had a bank account since he was about, mm, I want to say eight, so he's kind of old enough to understand what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we put money, he has an allowance and he has to make decisions about how much of his money is he going to spend and how much is he going to put away? And he's been doing that for a while. And then we started with the, well, if you really want this thing, that's pricier, he wanted a little robot toy that was about $400. And we said, well, then you need to, you need to come up with half of it. And so he, we worked out a plan with how much, like how long was that going to take 
He wanted to know if he could do extra chores and get some extra cash. I'm like, sure, absolutely. If you want to work harder and earn more, you can do that. Um, And he did. He came up with half the money. He decided for his birthday, he wanted to ask everybody to contribute instead of getting gifts so that he only got that one gift. And he absolutely adores that. And it's gone on from there. Last year, his big purchase was his own laptop. And, and he saved up almost half the money for that as well. Um, really put his mind to it. And of course, he dearly loves that laptop and really values it because he understands the price, the cost that went into this. It's not just a thing that got given to him. And he's very interested. We've, we've become real estate investors and done some learning and growing in that area. And to date, he has had money in three deals, his own money. He has made money on two of the deals. One hasn't finished yet. Um, and he is about to embark on a new one with us where he will earn a percentage of the rental income. So he is very excited to learn about that. And we've been talking a lot with him about um, what kinds of jobs, like you were talking about, what kinds of jobs would he like to have and how can that lead him to where he wants to go? Right. And uh, Elon Musk, you mentioned, what is, is like mm-hmm. his hero. Uh, <laughs> and he really wants to work at Tesla. And um, he knows a great deal about them. In fact, we went there and the sales guy who was in his 40s or 50s, took one look at this 12 year old and said, dude, you know, as much as I do, you should be working here, which is what got him thinking about it. And then thinking about, can I do this job to fund money into something else where I can grow it? And then I can really make sure that I have this life that I love that I can afford to live. And um, I love that we're on that journey with him, that we are creating that legacy along with him as we are learning and growing, he is learning and growing. So instead of, you know, wishing my life away that I knew all this in my twenties, which would have been awesome if I knew it in my twenties, um, but to learn it along with him is such a joy um, because he asks great questions. Lots of times it's things I hadn't thought about, or he has a way of simplifying things right down to the nutshell of it. Like uh, in terms of our deals, he's like, so let me get this straight. I give this guy my money. And then at the end of this, he's just going to give me more back. Yes, that's kind of how it works. (laughs) And he was like, this is awesome. Why isn't everybody doing this? So it's so refreshing to talk to you about this kind of thing, because I think if more people looked at it through that lens of this is kind of exciting and Mm -hmm. I can do this, I don't have to have all the answers before I start. I can take a little bit of money and I can dabble with it and learn. I don't have to, you know, put in a fortune to risk losing a fortune. I can take that $20 or $50 or $100. And I can, you know, talk to some people who know what they're doing and I can go ahead and maybe do something with that and grow that money over time till I feel more confident to take it and do something maybe bigger or with a little bit higher risk. So let's talk about risk a little bit, because that's the thing I think people are afraid of with their money. I think you made just the perfect point there, which is that people think they need to know everything about investing, or at least a a fair amount, before they invest. This is my analogy. I think this is magic. I have no idea how I could punch some numbers into this thing, and it can connect with someone thousands of miles away. I have no idea. It's magic, right? No idea how those phones work, for sure. (laughs) I use my phone constantly. I don't know, have to know exactly how it works. Um, There are a lot of things in life that we take on faith and we just start. One thing about the the investing today is that there's so many options to start small. Mm -hmm. When I first started out, if you wanted to buy a stock, you pretty much had to buy 100 shares. Now, with all of these online brokers, you can buy one share. Simple simple as that. You can buy fractional shares, actually, at some of these firms. And the best way to learn is to do it. So you think you're interested in the market, you don't, and you don't have to buy an individual stock. You can buy 
an EFT, which is just a basket of stocks, right? You don't have to pick them. You don't even have to know which stocks are going up and down. A professional does that for you, okay? You just buy the basket and then you watch what happens. You didn't commit your life savings to it. You committed a small amount of money. Stocks go up, stocks go down. You have to be able to stick with your plan. Um, That's the most famous Mike Tyson Quote, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, if you're going to be in the market for over 20 years, you're going to get punched in the face. And frankly, right now is is when it's happening. The U.S. market has been terrible. It's very possible that we are going into a recession. But if you study the market, you know recessions are short and expansions are long. Um, and the and the what they say is that it's better to spend time in the market, then try to time the market. Even the the smartest guys can't know when we've hit a bottom or when we've hit a top. The key is to participate. And that's really the the key to building long-term wealth is to participate. So I would say two things to women is that risk and reward are completely linked. In order to grow that money, that example I was using before, where you put $20 away and it grows to a million dollars, not if it's sitting in a savings account, it won't. That's not the way founding works. And I think that's what a lot of people do. They have a 401k and they think when they put the money in, that's enough. No, once you put the money in, then you have to invest it. Um, So I think you have to understand the relationship between risk and reward and understand that over a reasonable period of time, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, the market has shown that you will be rewarded for for taking on that risk. Um, The second thing, and this is a very hard thing for women, you have to be willing to accept help. (laughs) So many of us don't ask for help. Mm -hmm. And frankly, there are wonderful resources out there. There are, you know, websites and all of the brokerage firms basically have units that are devoted to helping women um, with terrific articles and seminars. Ask for help. There's no shame in that. No No one was born knowing how to handle their money. Um, and, and so that would be my other advice. Go in for the long term, start small, ask for help. Those are some great wisdom words right there. Um, and you're absolutely right. I remember attending some of the workshops that we were attending before we made the decision about where we were going to put our money and feeling, um, a lot of men there, very few women and feeling a little intimidated by that that I'm like, where are my girls? This is, you know, this is interesting. They cater to that. And there's a lot of sports talk in the markets, you know, Mm -hmm. go for the home run, whatever. And, and I think it is, it is a very macho world and some of the language is confusing on purpose. Um, But if you if you're willing to do a little bit of education, um, it goes it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. It's funny because what I found was when I started asking questions um, and I was seeking clarification, I'm not sure what this term means. Could you explain that to me again? Instead of the response I thought I would get, which I think a lot of women worry about is like, oh, you know, this dumb girl over here doesn't get it. In fact, it was completely the opposite response where they were so curious that I was curious and excited to share their information and excited to share their knowledge and excited to help guide me as I'm trying to make these decisions. And so it really wasn't at all what I thought, again, the things you tell yourself, right? That what I thought going in, my, the response was very different. They thought my questions were refreshing and they were glad that I was brave enough to be able to ask them. And I would encourage other women to do the same thing, that asking the questions gets you information and information is power. It helps you to make those decisions. Is this the right investment for me? Does it feel right? Did I get everything 
answered so that I feel like, okay, I understand the risk I'm taking and I understand what reward that can give me. Also to have an entrance plan and an exit strategy. How do I get out of this at the other end? And when should I get out of this? And again, Lots of people have great information about that if we seek it. Um, And truthfully, if women won't do it for themselves, I would encourage our listeners to do it for their children. Because our children, you know what they say, they do what you do, not what you say. And if they see you doing it, because children are very astute and pay a lot of attention, even if they look like they're not, which most of the time they look like they're not, especially (laughs) teenagers, Um, you know, they are listening and paying attention. They're wondering what you're up to, especially if you're making a change in how you do things and how you right. handle things. You're attending online seminars. I always attend them like in the room my kids are sitting in mm-hmm. um, out loud, no headphones, because I, my younger son never looks like he's listening ever. And then out of the blue, he'll ask me some random question. And I know he's listened to everything that happened. Yes. Or there's something that's got him confused and he wants more information on it. And so he's learning and growing just by osmosis, being in the same space, right? And I think, what a wonderful gift and legacy. I didn't have that in my life. Like you, nobody in my family in business, nobody in my family really understood money specifically very well. My mom was great with money um, and gave me every piece of information she had, but the world has changed. And so some of it, I had to unlearn some of the things I learned and some of it, I needed to learn more about the things I'd learned. Yes. And so having that courage to do that for your children, boys and girls, right. Allows us to create a whole new economy moving forward. I mean, just imagine a world where our children weren't drowning in debt. Like so many of us are. Imagine a world where our children can afford to go buy their homes, which we all want, or to have those holidays or that wedding or go to school or travel the world themselves or live whatever life it is that is meaningful to them. And to know that we launch them on that path is so important. Absolutely. And I think one other thing that is wonderful about the world of finance um, and money is that unlike a lot of things in life, it isn't a zero sum game, meaning that someone always loses if somebody else wins. Mm-hmm. Because the pie is growing, we can all participate. You might have bought a stock at 10 and sold it to someone at 20. Okay, so you made money. That person that bought it at 20 didn't make a mistake because they didn't get in at 10, it might go to 30. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's another reason why um, people can feel more confident about playing the game. They don't really ever talk about working the market. People play the market, whether or not that's a good analogy, I'm not sure, because it is a lot of work, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it isn't a zero sum game. And I think a lot of people shy away because they think I'm going to be, I'm going to lose you're, you're not necessarily going to lose. Everyone can be a winner. I like that, that you can look for those wins. How can I win? How can you win? How can we all win together? Um, right. I think that's great because when we approach the world that way, we have the opportunity for everybody to grow. Absolutely. Right? Uh, when I bought my house, somebody won because they got some money for the house. Right. And we got the house of our dreams. So they won. We won. Yes. Right. Yes. And I and I think overall that's we lose sight of what financial markets are for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Financial markets are to grow the overall economy. Companies need money. They loan it out in terms of a bond, or they sell you a part of the company as a stock. But this is making the whole economy work. It's not uh, you know, the stock market isn't a gambling game for you to make money. It's part of an integrated system. Um, And when you keep your eye sort of on that, is the whole economy going to do well? How can I participate? Is the economy going through a breather? Should I be stepping back? Um, It's, it's, there's a lot of change, which is the fun part. I mean, you don't brush your teeth once and then go like, okay, took care of that. (laughs) Forever. As long as I live. Yeah. Every day. And your financial help 
is just like your physical health. You really need to kind of, you don't have to spend a ton of time on it, Mm -hmm. but you have to keep an eye out every day for how the world is changing and how that's going to affect your life. I love that. And I love the analogy of the tooth tooth brushing, because you're right. You have to brush your teeth multiple times a day for the rest of your life to keep them strong and healthy. And you need to go get checkups done so that a professional can tell you, are you doing things right? Or do you need to make small adjustments? Maybe you need to brush in an area more than you did before or less than you did before. More runs, less dogs, yes. And so same goes for our financial futures, you know, making the decision to, to get informed making the decision then to choose something that you can feel like I understand the level of risk. I understand the level of reward. I understand that I can share this information, say with my family or my children. Um, And of course, children cannot participate because they are minors. But in our case, we have, we add our son's money in with ours. So he is still there and still participating. And by the way, for anybody who's listening, professionals love the opportunity to talk to kids for the most part. They're so excited to see someone so young excited about all this and they want to share their knowledge and their wisdom. Again, the, the people that we've done investing with, all they talk about is that my son was involved, not us. <laughs> right? They're so excited about this kid who's who's doing these things. So yes. I encourage, again, I encourage everybody, if you're going to go to the bank, bring your children. If you're going to go and make an appointment with somebody to talk about stocks or bonds, bring your children. Even yes. if they're whining and all the rest of it, because they do that. Um, it's amazing what they pick up on. And it's amazing what they're actually listening to. It's amazing what they're learning and the questions they could ask that you maybe didn't even think of, but may inform you even further as they're learning and growing with you. Um, I think that that's awesome. Now, I want to talk a little bit about money like a mother. (laughs) What kinds of things do you put on there that women could expect to see? Yes, I like to put on information that, I mean, I consume a lot of of financial newspapers and and I watch the TV. So things that maybe would have slipped your attention. A big thing in the news these days is the student debt uh, forgiveness plan that the government is coming up with. Okay, that's great. Everyone's excited. Did you know that some states are going to be taxing that? So what they're going to do is that they are going to reduce your balance. But in April, when you pay your taxes, you're going to pay them in cash. So did you set aside that $500 that you might owe? Trying to keep people up on some of the the details of things that are going on in finance that they may have missed, um, but presenting it in a fun day, in a fun way. So um, that was my my plan. And maybe if they see a fun post and they think, oh, I didn't know that, they'll go, they'll go deeper and, and do some more research on it. Um, my job is to create interest, um, not to pre, you know, not to really give you the final, the final word on things. There's That's a lot amazing. of resources for that. I love that. And I had no idea about the student loan forgiveness thing. So I certainly learned something very new today that I'm pretty sure they don't advertise along with loan forgiveness. Right, exactly. They just use the words they know people want to hear. Um, And then at the other end, it's a sort of buyer beware, right? You need to be aware what you're getting into. So you know how you can get out. Right. Mm -hmm, Because nobody likes that $500 bill out of the blue. You're like, now what do I do with that? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Actually, little known fact is the same is true. If you're on a game show and you win a ton of money, that's taxed. <laughs> People are so excited. Yay, I won Wheel of Fortune. Here's your tax bill. Oh, my. Who knew? Because they definitely don't advertise that. If you're checking out money like a mother, you'll know. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. And I would highly encourage our listeners, if you're on Instagram, to go check that out. Because again, I think it can never hurt any of us to be more informed. And even if the more informed means I have more questions, I'm sure you're open to people asking you questions and finding out things. Yes. Love comments. Those are the greatest. 
for sure. Uh, because again, it is so important that as women, and I think as women, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot. Um, in the business community, historically, men have been positioned as mentors, and then they have people that are their mentees, the, the younger men that are being you know, this wisdom is being imparted to them, the skill set, the how do you handle this? The what do you say in that situation? And of course, in so many cases, with so few women in positions of authority or in high-ranking positions in companies, there hasn't been an opportunity for that. And so I encourage women to go and check out what Diane is doing because she's offering to mentor you. She's offering to share her knowledge and she really is kind of funny. So this stuff is entertaining and it's not, it's demystifying things in a way that does not make you feel small or unimportant or not knowledgeable. It's actually very empowering to think that when I'm going to the grocery store and I'm making the decisions about which grocery stores to go to, because I know, you know, Costco has the best deal for that and Superstore has the best deal for this and this other grocery store has the best deal for that. So I can make my money stretch farther. Taking that same skill set and applying it in a different place, that's really empowering, right? And to think that as we are stretching and learning and growing, we, we can empower those around us, whether that be our own mothers or our sisters or nieces, whether that's our own daughters and sons, whether that's the kid down the street, right? Or your next door neighbor or whoever it is that you're having that conversation with, that you make the world and our economy stronger by taking steps into that. What an amazing legacy for women to begin taking on so that we can feel like we can do it and then pass that knowledge on in a way that allows other people to feel like they can do it. So amazing. And I am so grateful to you, Diane, for sharing all those words of wisdom, because it's really important that we stop feeling afraid of what we don't know and start asking questions. So then we do know. Absolutely. Yes, my last my last comment mm-hmm. is that I think one of the women reasons why people don't want to invest or talk about money is that they think there's a connection between money and math. <laughs> people hate math. But I'm here to tell you that if you made it through fourth grade, that's pretty much all the math you need to know. If you can do some per- simple percentages, most of investing um, would not require you to know any more math. So don't let that be the thing that, that holds you back. Oh, I can't do that. I'm no good at math. Nope. Sorry. Can't use that excuse. I figure if I can use a calculator, I can figure it out. I don't have to do it all up in my head. Absolutely. Really? Economics, finance, mm-hmm. investing, it's all human psychology. What what are people going to do given the situation in front of them? And that's, if you know, no one understands human psychology better than women as far as I'm concerned. So go for it. Amazing. Because you're right. Once you take steps into living a legacy, whatever that is, and frankly, I think one of the best legacies we can offer people is to offer our children more opportunities to learn and grow and do things differently and better than we did. Um, And, you know, by doing that, we create an entire, like I said, a whole entire new economic system. We create a whole different um, way of life for our children that they wouldn't have to know some of those stresses that we know because of the things that we've been told or taught or, thought, made up ourselves, thought. Um, So being able to get questions answered, get educated, and not necessarily paying to go to school, you can certainly do that. But I would encourage you to connect with, with other women that you feel comfortable with to ask those questions, to get that support. And they are certainly out there in growing numbers in the financial field. Um, And Diane is certainly one of them. And um, like she said, she likes comments on her Instagram account. So by all means, go check her out on Instagram and leave her some comments and questions and let her connect with you. 
Diane, where can people find your book? Because I would imagine people will be quite interested now to see that book. Absolutely. That would be awesome. My book is uh, being sold pretty much anywhere that you would buy a book, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, if you just type in uh, Andrea Hoffman goes all in, um, it'll pop right up on the screen available in uh, Kindle paperback. And also there's a really terrific audio book. Um, I, we, I know this audience likes to listen. Um, and so that the narrator on this is really great, but the book is, the book is fun. It's funny. It's not a textbook about finance. It's a, it's a book about wild adventures. Um, a woman has, on Wall Street in the 1980s, and I encourage you to, to pick it up. Amazing. Um, and again, uh, Andrea, sorry, Diane, I'm, I'm reading your, the name of your book, Andrea Hoffman Goes All In. Diane's uh, Instagram account, Money Like a Mother, and it is a U-H, mother is spelled M-O-T-H-E-R. Uh, by all means, reach out and connect with her there. If you didn't get that written down, it will all be down in the show notes. Um, now, Diane, just to leave our audience with one last empowering thought, having heard all this, if they want to make a change in their lives, what is one or two things you would suggest that they should just start like today? I think one thing that they could do today, which is really amazing, if you have money in the bank, they have something called high yield accounts. Um, and that's Capital One has one. It's called Marcus Synchrony. If you just type in high yield accounts, you'll get it. They pay these days up to 3% interest. You're getting zero on your money if it's in a bank. And you can switch money back and forth with just a couple of keystrokes um, on your computer. So once you do that, you see, oh, this is easy to set up an account. It's easy to transfer money. And I've made an effort for my money to grow. So I think if you're if you're a real newbie, um, setting up a high yield account to um, balance your checking account is just a really great way to start. You'll feel good about yourself that you did that. That's amazing. So someone could just walk into the bank and ask the teller or go on the computer and look at that. Okay, so banks do not offer these accounts. Um, it's more like a brokerage mm -hmm. um, account. If you have your money in your bank, they might be paying you a fraction mm -hmm. of 1% on your money. Um, so these other things are, they, they pay high yield. Your money is completely liquid, meaning you can put it in and take it out at all times. Um, and there's no chance that you will lose money. Um, but these firms are not banks. They don't make loans. They use their money, the money for different things. So it's called high yield investing. And they also sell CDs, but let's not complicate things. Look for, look for one thing to do, one change, which is not to keep a ton of money in a bank, keep it in a high yield account. Love that. Um, I would also suggest checking out Money Like a Mother so that you can get more tips like this. But I didn't know anything about a high yield account. So that is a super easy thing for people to Google. And then I'm sure if they have questions, they can go to your Instagram account and reach out to you. Absolutely. DM sure. me. That is amazing. So I have learned so many things from you today that um, you have a really nice way of, of taking complicated concepts and boiling it down to really people seeing, oh, yeah, I could do this. So I really encourage our audience, if you want to reach out to Diane, that you should do so that you should absolutely have a conversation with her um, to see what it is that she's offering, um, buy her book, check out her Instagram account so that you can see for sure what would be the best moves forward for you. And she just gave us a great tip with those high yield accounts. So I would suggest get on the computer right after you stop listening to this and go check that out and see if that's a possibility for you. Diane, I am inspired uh, by our conversation today. The reality is money doesn't have to be um, something that we look at with a scarcity mindset and the fear of losing out, of not having enough. If we start looking at how we can make small adjustments in our lives, which you've alluded to a few times, 
that we can take small pieces of money for a longer term and make slightly different choices in what we're doing with that money, we can actually set ourselves up to be financially better off in the future. It's really very exciting. Um, I love that you said that because anytime someone is thinking about life in the future, it involves money. Are we going to have enough for this trip? Can I pay for my child's education or a wedding or give them the down payment for their first place, buy them a vehicle, whatever it is that you want to do? Can I take, you know, can I retire Can I start that foundation I've always wanted to start? All of it is tied to finances in one place or another. So not being afraid of money, but looking at it as an opportunity to stretch and grow as you stretch and grow your money is an amazing thing. Thank you so much for shining a light on that. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I think that you're someone that really has an open mind and a wonderful way of grasping concepts and looking at the world. And I so look forward to hearing more of your podcasts and and learning new things myself from you. I am definitely going to follow you on Instagram and I'll send you a picture of my kid. Love it. Just to see the boy that's out there doing these really cool things. Um, So Diane, again, I think this is the beginning of an amazing friendship between us. I really look forward to talking to you more in the future and connecting with you and supporting you any way that I can. So again, if you want to find Diane, she is on Facebook. Um, So it's Diane Cohen Schneider author on Facebook. Um, if you would like to reach her, she has a website as well, dianecohenschneider.com. All that information will be in the notes in case you're not great at spelling. Um, we'll have make sure that we've got it there so that you can just click on it. And of course, Instagram money, like a mother. Um, And I really like that because I want a money like a mother for sure. So (laughs) Diane, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I'm really excited to um, see you supporting more women in making steps to better themselves, their families, their children's lives. um, Because you know, you're right. When we know more, we can share more and we can all grow more. So that's really incredible. Again, thank you very much for giving us your time today. I've totally enjoyed it. Absolutely. My pleasure. Look forward to speaking with you again soon. Wonderful. So again, everybody check out Diane, check out her Instagram account, tell everybody you know about it so that we can gain a bigger following and together we can all grow more. Have a great day. I'm so excited about this conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.